0: so we are in the first lesson of the book of titus uh i must say i'm enjoying uh, i've never studied this book before other than just to read it but i'm really starting to enjoy it because uh, the interesting factors that uh, paul the apostle is is uh, confronted with with uh, uh, with Titus and then lesson two we're going to talk about exactly what kind of a role did Titus play in, in the implementation of the doctrine that Paul's going to lay out when he goes when he uh, instructs him so at this point we've been talking about servants and we were uh, finishing up on uh, question three do all servants want to be slaves? There's a difference between being a servant and a slave, especially a dou- uh, doulos. Um, we said that a doulos uh, is the most servile term used in the Greeks for a slave. In other words, this is someone who wanted the position, who lit, who had no thoughts of, boy, if I get free, I'm going to be out of here. They wanted to be there. They wanted to serve their master. And this word doulos isn't used a lot in terms of those who serve the Lord. They want to be there. They want to serve him. And so um, the question is, do all servants want to be slaves? I mean, first of all, you could answer yes or no the problem is is that either way you answer you got to explain <laughs> uh, i think it depends and who the master is it all depends on that now you know we, we governments try to enslave their people which they're trying to do to us now um that's not a servitude that or a slavery that uh anybody would want although there are people within that environment that do want that maybe that they think that they're going to be the the master and everybody else is going to be a slave but when it comes to well let, let me put it this way when paul was was uh born and lived up until he met christ along the road to damascus was he a slave come on it's yes or no he was and what was he a slave to sin Sin. did he want to be there yes sure he did because he thought that that with the law and sin go together And he thought that he could work his way out of that environment and be free from sin. The problem is, I'm not sure he completely understood what slavery to sin really is. And I I think that believers are like that. They don't really understand that, you know, those of you who are are older know who Flip Wilson is. (laughs) And he he used to say that the in his comic routine that the devil made him do it. Well, the, the devil didn't make him do it. His sin nature did. But he was a slave to sin. We all are. So he meets the Lord on the road to Damascus, and now he has a new master. And it's it's interesting. What did the Lord? Tell who's the guy that went to talk to him uh, ananias what did he tell him that he was going to tell paul to to for yeah i'll tell him what he's going to have to suffer for my namesake in other words right away here is this relationship set up that the lord jesus is a master and paul's going to be the slave and you know what if i can't find anywhere that paul ever looked back one of the huge differences about the apostle paul and another great servant of the lord moses was that every once in a while moses would kind of get tired of these jews and he'd go to the lord and he'd complain about them these people boy i'm telling you you never see paul do that he never does it he's always in the mix he doesn't complain and and I can see, boy what a what an attachment he had or an intimacy he had with his uh, uh, master the Lord Jesus that it overrided all the disappointments it, it wasn't it wasn't that he wasn't disappointed, it was a lot, but it overrided his disappointment. See that. Yeah. All right. In verse one, um, it says, "Paul, a bond servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of those chosen of God and acknowledged of the truth, which is according to godliness." So, when uh, when Paul says that apostle of Jesus Christ," what does he mean? Question four Apostle by divine
1: appointment?
0: Yeah. Um he he's a little stronger than that in that it's a command. It's an imperative. It's uh an apostle uh, an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith and the knowledge according to the godliness. He um how did he know he was this thing called an apostle by the way what's apostle mean go ahead
2: I say he saw he literally saw Jesus like the other disciples that helped give a criteria that would allow him to be apostle potentially I mean he was an apostle
0: yeah he was
1: so there, there's, as Cheryl said, a divine appointment, which I think is the seeing Jesus. There's also the the terminology I looked up in zodiac. It, it, it's an ambassador. You're represent. You're to mm-hmm. represent. And so I think there it, 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 is this more of the, the 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 fact that he saw Jesus. So he's a apostle based on you know. Physically seeing Christ, or is it more that he is now which is the latter part of this that what he's supposed to do as an ambassador or representative Representative
0: of Christ and that yeah. you're an Apostle you're an ambassador and what how'd you get to be an Apostle? What was the criteria? What's the most important element
2: seeing the
0: you had to have seen the resurrected Christ
1: but are, are we, uh, you know, it's kind of the term, though. I mean, that's why I said there's a distinction between, quote, and an apostle, which right. is somebody who saw them. Or are we apostles of Christ?
0: Well, we're going to, you know, when we get into the next section, it's interesting. Um, Paul's an apostle, and then there are deacons and elders in the local churches. But then in the middle of that is a guy like Timothy, and a guy like uh, Titus well what are they because they're not Apostles
1: disciples huh disciples
0: Uh, no other because they have a, a, a position of authority that's pretty strong above deacons and elders that's interesting because Titus is going to be given instruction by Paul go out to these churches in Crete and appoint elders and do this and do that. A direct uh, uh, order from Paul himself.
1: Did they have power? Like, like the Apostles?
0: I, I, I don't know. What do you think? I don't think there's a record of a guy like Apollos or Timothy being able to do what... The apostles were extremely powerful men in terms of race people from the dead cure stuff you know but you don't read that about titus you know
2: what's interesting is um the the guy that got Stephen when he got stoned to death it said Stephen was doing all kinds of miracles mm-hmm. and had incredible powers mm-hmm. and that speech he gave to the sanhedrin there you like you were saying, what are these other guys man that Stephen was an amazing brother
0: yeah yeah there were there were some that like these guys that had uh that were involved in the spread of the early church and uh they were authorized, maybe put it that way by an apostle Paul to do certain things for the for the Institution of the church and the and the growth of the church, the word apostle is a transliteration, is not an exact translation. Um, according to a Constable, it means the letters of the Greek word, not the meaning of the Greek word. Are given the word has an effectual, an, an official tone to it. To be an apostle, one had to have be called, and had to possess credentials proving that calling and a calling and credentials are the operative words what are the credentials the, the big credential was that they were called directly personally face to face by jesus christ okay so um Paul remind, uh, reminds the Corinthians of the signs of a true apostle were performed among them, uh, with all perseverance by signs and wonders and miracles. So they could, Paul could really do, could do all kinds of stuff that, you know, we'd love to have him around today. <laughs> no kidding. Hey, Russ, you could call him up and say, look, I'm done with these doctors. You want to help out?
2: <laughs>
0: no kidding. <laughs> well, so what was the purpose of Paul's apostleship?
2: Being the message to the Gentiles.
0: It says, for the faith of those chosen of God and the knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness. So he's a bondservant. brings god's chosen ones to saving faith in christ that's what he's there to do and that's what all of all those who uh serve the lord that's where you start that's where you start the saving knowledge of jesus christ um Their job, and I think we also have the same job, is to bring the saving knowledge of Christ to uh, people that don't know it, know what it is. I'm, I I, I kind of marvel uh, at, um, I don't know, did you look at the handout I sent out this week? I'll talk about it when I get out there, but all it is is a series of questions that you're going to have to take it home and answer them but it's designed in romans one two and three that's the gospel message and the thoroughness of it and my questions are can you show me in chapter three where grace is manifested where this is manifest and that kind of thing and the reason i did it that way was because my rhetoric, your rhetoric is not what we're talking about here we're talk- the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, we already have how we're supposed to say it. It's in the word you know and that's what we should use. We should use God's word to to spread the gospel. It's his gospel and his words and and those are the things that are powerful in my mind it isn't my understanding of the words it's the words themselves Right. Okay, so when, when you get a chance to look at it hopefully it'll have that uh. now there's a second part of what um what the purpose of the paul's apostleship is what is it Murdering
1: their their knowledge of the truth, um, education, actually?
0: Uh, close. How about this idea? That everything that you teach is designed to produce godly living. How about that? That not only do you bring the saving knowledge, but that knowledge is to result in godly living he says chosen of god the knowledge of the truth according to godliness well what is godliness it's living now Possible says it this way, developing believers' faith and knowledge was the aim of Paul's apostleship. Verse 1 ends by saying this is all according to the harmony with the godliness. A chain is forged. Faith and knowledge are to be developed, resulting in godliness. Good doctrine is to manifest itself in good conduct. Cheryl, to, to use your... A home as a example, if it really is a Christian place and the people that run it understand good doctrine, you would never have to worry about gay pride. So there's a focus right in the very first verse about godliness. Now, see how based on Romans chapter one, two, and three, um, what is godliness? well maybe ask it this way what's the criteria for being a candidate for self salvation what do you have to be ungodly that's what you got to be if you think you're pretty good or you're moving along the track you don't understand that god saves the ungodly he doesn't save those who are thinking they're better than that so when he saves the ungodly what's he saving too? to He declares them righteous. What is righteousness? It's godliness, isn't it? It's a sum total of God, like his glory, his intrinsic attributes. He says, I'm righteous, and if you want to be with me, you have to be righteous. And if you believe in me and my work, I will declare you righteous, or if you believe what I've told you in terms of Abraham, I will make you declare you righteous, and you will be qualified to be with me. Okay, so here comes the gospel message after the Apostle Paul, and what is it? What does he say? Well, here's salvation. You believe in the person and work of Christ. Well, what's it result in? results in a life of godliness and he's he's and we're going to find out going through titus paul is pretty strict about that you know now you're all looking at me like you've just laid out to me a, 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 a level we can never reach
1: I think there's a difference. This verse looks like it's talking about the conditional kind of godliness. And I think what you just described when we're declared righteous, that's conditional. Yeah. So I think, you know, one leads to the other. As
0: there you I go. I think that's God. right. That's really a good good way to put it. One leads to the other. You have to be declared righteous and be righteous in order to live righteously. you got to get them in the right order. and. A lot of my sermon this morning is going to be about how these things don't fit into that. I can't, by going through obeying laws or going through rituals like uh, being circumcised, I don't become godly by having that done. I don't become godly by being baptized. I'm already declared righteous. Abraham was already righteous when he was circumcised. Already, so it's a faith-based system, not a works-based system. So, and Paul is saying the same thing about about godliness. What you, what we know positionally and believe positionally should translate into a, a conditional life of you know, it's like if you, you know, it's what's the old saying, if it quacks like a duck, flies like a duck, and walks like a duck, guess what it is? It's a duck. If I am righteous, and I'm in possession of the Holy Spirit, and all of the things that God's Word tells me, what? how much can people identify me as a righteous person? And they should be able to, don't you think?
1: Well, I, I think... <laughs> Having just come out of a year or two of the Holy Spirit, that's, that's conforming us to the image of Christ, which Mm -hmm. is the righteous, righteousness would be manifest as we are conformed to Christ. So it's, it's, it's saying that the, the conditional part is the Holy Spirit working in us. And by faith, we believe it Mm -hmm. and it manifests all the truths that are told of us who, who are in Christ. And so it's it's the Holy Spirit, convincing us, convicting us of all those things, yeah. and and by faith believing it, and spiritual maturity as you as you grow in Christ, and you grow in the knowledge and grace of Christ, your hopefully your condition starts matching more of your position, mm-hmm. but it's by the Holy Spirit and our faith.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that uh, there are there are those that will use the. The the by the Holy Spirit is a cop out not to live Christian. Well, the Spirit hasn't done anything. Oh yeah, he has. Oh yeah, he has. Um, the, the so I can if for my lack of living a god a godly life is the Spirit's fault. I'm trying. I'm willing. No, you're not. You know is it a spirit fostered life enabled life yes it is but notice that he starts with the doulas what does a doulas do he does whatever the master says and he willingly does it so as a believer goes along and understands and learns and grows he may have questions of understanding but he doesn't have questions of pushback maybe put it that way understand what i mean by that thus saith the lord is okay with me whatever it is and i'm you know even if i don't understand it now i can go get sidetracked and get get a whole bunch of legal rules going but the spirit of god is in charge of under making me understand grace as opposed to uh, as opposed to uh, a law system. And that's what one of the greatest passages in all the Bible is in Titus 2, about grace has appeared. And it. what does it teach me? How to live godly. That's what it teaches us. So um, I like what... Uh, uh, Constable said, a chain is forged. Faith and knowledge are to be developed, resulting in godliness. Faith and knowledge. I would have said knowledge and faith, because you've got to know what you believe first. Knowledge <coughs> and faith are to be developed, resulting in godless, godliness. And good doctrine is to manifest itself in good conduct. Okay. all right uh, any questions about that one this one was kind of interesting i thought what do the terms jesus and christ mean i could have phrased that phrase that question probably better but uh the interchange of terms referring to god and christ when 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 paul uses the term christ what is he saying make it easier what is he saying about this man jesus he's saying that he's deity
2: and he's the messiah of course
0: when when the lord jesus was on the earth he was god in human flesh right yeah. he's also called the savior in luke 1 47 and in first timothy and uh others but when the expression christ jesus is used the emphasis is on his messiahship not his humanity this is kind of interesting i've read this and several guys talk about this what's the difference between the phrase christ jesus and jesus christ is there a difference well when the way paul writes there is a difference if he's using christ jesus uh it has to do with the emphasis is on his a messiahship not his humanity when he uses the term jesus christ it is used the emphasis is on his humanity okay. but you're going to have to go ferret that out yourself jesus christ is used only three or four times in this letter all that the, a believer hopes for is so inseparably linked to christ that our relationship to him also involves our relationship to a hope that's involved in other words jesus you could always say that jesus the christ but when you use the term jesus christ it does refer to his humanity in the context you'll see when he refers to christ jesus the emphasis is on his messiahship or his uh and Messiahship's good enough. So in in verse one. And now we're only I mean, we've been two weeks on verse one, which is okay. Paul, a bond servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of those chosen of god and the knowledge of the truth which is according to godliness so my question is what do you think is paul's main concern here i mean you talk about a verse that's full of words and phrases and pronouncements I feel like it's the knowledge of the truth which okay. results
1: in a number of things but um, there's a reason that he is in the position that he's in and it's for others for a purpose and that purpose is what knowledge of truth And it leads to other things, which is both
0: godliness and hope, etc. But, yeah, that's my answer. I I think the knowledge of the truth, he says, which is according to godliness. I think the focus is godliness. or faith of those chosen of God and the knowledge of the truth which is according to godliness. So I think godliness is the focus. His major concern, as we're going to see in this letter, is to, is to focus on how believers are to function in a godly manner. Okay? Put it another way. God intended at both prongs of Paul's ministry. One is evangelism and edification, which is knowledge, to bring individuals into fullness of eternal life. That's what it's really about. Don't you think that almost everything that uh, God does is godly living? isn't that the end game isn't that the end game when he tells when uh uh, when the lord jesus tells the disciples in luke he says you be holy as i am holy oh really yeah
1: i I think that goes back to what i was saying it's conformity to christ that that is the the ultimate, which results in righteousness and godliness mm-hmm. and, and all mm-hmm.
0: that—that's right.
1: It, the the purpose is, to, you know, through intimacy with Christ, the yep. knowledge of Him, you become conformed to Him. Or you, yeah. the object of your faith is before you, and that's who you are mm-hmm. in Christ. So I think I think it still comes down to the conformity or have that mind of Christ. We're, we're told to have a mind of we have the mind of Christ, and and to be conformed to the image. That is the or godliness will be exemplified <laughs> yeah, or manifested. I agree through through that conformity.
0: Yeah, I like the fact that he's f- focusing on all of those all of those elements that we study and know have a, a end game purpose, and the purpose is godly living. Now, whenever you hear somebody say, "Well, you you know, when we need to live like Christ." right away the alarm goes off if you know anything about grace because the first question is well how do you do that well that's what the information the biblical information the teaching of the truth shows us how it's done through the work of the spirit my role is to believe you know study uh, go study abraham he's such a great example He's the most godless guy at first. After he's declared righteous, he's the most godless guy around. But at the end of the day, he is so godly that he would sacrifice his son because he knew God was the giver of life. And his son was the promise of everything that God said, I'm going to do in you. And God says, sacrificing
1: so you know i think there's a difference too i think in conformity and copying you yeah. know it, it's it, remember
0: the limitation
1: that wwjd what would jesus do and i you know it's is copying is not the same as conformity oh i know and i i think there's a, a gulf of difference between the two and <laughs> and it, the conformity is through knowledge and 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 Knowing who Christ is versus trying to copy behavior.
0: Yeah, we had we had a great discussion on Wednesday night with the verse, "Be imitators of me, mm-hmm. as I am of Christ." Right away, my mind says, "Copy." <laughs> Put it in the machine, push the buttons. Yeah, there we go.
1: And could you say there that copy is old man?
0: That's the way the old. I mean, you could you could be sure that that's fleshly thinking when you think that way copy huh you know it's like tell me what to do and i'll do it
1: but i think the old man likes to imitate
0: oh sure he does sure he does um the best example is nikolai yokich within five years every center will be playing like he plays (laughs) because he's so different and so good you know, so Okay, you gotta let the singers get singing. Let's close. Father, how we thank you again for your word. We thank you that that you've provided it so that we can grow in the knowledge and grace of your dear son, the Lord Jesus, which results in a life of godliness. And we we know as your uh, bond servants that we desire what you desire, which is to glorify you, and that's how it's done. So we thank you, Father. We pray in your son's name. Amen.